to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Turn in our Bibles to 1 Samuel 25. And it's the story of David, Nabal and um, Abigail. And it's a time where... um, David has been anointed king of Israel, but it's not his time yet. And he's pretty much on the run from Saul, King Saul. King is out to kill him, to pursue him. And David has about 600 men that have come with him and they are all on the run. And it's a time pretty much where David and his men have to rely on the giving of others around them to have provision. And so they look after the the flocks of this very wealthy man named Nabal. They look after his servants and everything that belongs to him. And so then it comes time to harvest time and, and King, uh, sorry, David sends a message to Nabal saying, look, would you provide us with some food, with some provision? And Nabal is a bit, pretty much a fool and he returns to David and says, no, I will not do that and pretty much mocks him. And so David responds in a way that is pretty ungodly and he's like, right, I'm gonna kill you then. So he sets out to kill Nabal and all his men as well. But Nabal has an incredible woman. He has an incredible wife that is part of his world. Amen for all the women. And she intervenes and she um, pursues David before he is about to do his reckless act with massive amounts of food because she knows you've got to feed a hangry man. And she meets him with food and provision. And then she speaks these words to David. So listen to this. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. She is right here prophesying life. She is speaking life. He is on His way, David, to murder these men. But she's like speaking the truth. She's speaking life. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living of of the living by the Lord your God, but the lives of your enemies He will heal away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing He promised concerning Him and has appointed Him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on His conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged Himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord's success, remember your servant. What an amazing woman. He is in the middle of making one of the biggest mistakes of his life and she intervenes by speaking words of life, words of hope. And then David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has brought me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet you, not one male belonging to Nabal would be left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she'd brought him in and he said, go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. I have heard your words. And I just love that when I was preparing, this passage just jumped out to me because there was something about Abigail's words, the words that she spoke that intervened in the middle of that situation, that actually changed destinies, changed outcomes. David was on his way to kill and her words changed his destination. Abigail's declaration changed David's destination. You know that our words today have the power to change destinations. 
Our words today that we prophesy, that we declare, that we proclaim, they have the power to change our destination. They have the power to change other people's destinations around us. There is power in our words. There is such potential in our words. There is incredible impact that we can have with our words. I mean, think about your own world. How much has your world been affected because of the power of words? You know, maybe it was an encouragement from a teacher one day that said you could be brilliant at that and that set your career path. Maybe it was the words from somebody that you were pretty stoked to be around and they said, you know, I kind of like you. And then it turned to I love you. And then you've got a future forever with them. Maybe it was the words of a parent that just always believed in you. Maybe it was the words of a leader that hit you up and said, hey, come on, live with purpose on your life. I mean, many of us could think of moments where words changed our destination, changed our trajectory in life. And there is incredible authority that our words have to change where we are going. Proverbs 18 verse 21 puts it like this, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. There is power in our tongue. You know what I know? A lot of us will be thinking right now, yeah, I know that. I've heard that all before the power of our words. But so often we don't live with intentionality in what what we are saying and the power that is right here. We just kind of, we're not, we just don't embrace it like we should. We're not intentional like we can be with the power of our words. Man, the encouragement that it can bring to somebody. Like I love having Pastor Sally come along. Gosh, she's the biggest encourager in the world. People like that, they just stir you. I mean, the power that we can have with our words every single minute of our lives. Yet we forget. We forget how powerful they are and how they can change someone's destination. And I think about our little boy, Ezekiel, he knows the power of his words and how it can change his destination where he's going. You know, if he's in trouble, he knows he can say to me, Mama, I want to hold you. <laughs> and that moment that I had of his destination was time out. All of a sudden it's, oh, well, I wanna hold you too. <laughs> when I put him to bed at night, he'll say, cuddles for just five minutes. Again, it changes his destination. We end up cuddling for five minutes instead of bedtime because he knows the power of his words. But we grow out of it. We grow out of that revelation and we lose the impact that we can have with our words. Come on, when was the last time you intentionally encouraged somebody? You intentionally spoke life to somebody. You intentionally went, you know what? I need to help this person kind of shift their trajectory to this way. Come on, when was the last time we changed our speech and spoke life into others? See, a key in reaching a new destination is in changing your declaration. You know, whether it's some shift that you wanna make in your own life, just start changing your declaration about it. And you watch the opportunities that come your way when you change your declaration. Rather than speaking about the impossibilities, start to speak about the possibilities of what God can do. Come on, if your marriage is in a hard place, man, the power of your words, the power of speaking life to your spouse, speaking love to your spouse, that can turn a marriage around. Come on, if your kids are in a place that you don't want them to be in, 
the power of your words, the power of speaking life, prophesying over your kids, even when it seems like they're going a completely different way. Come on, you can still speak life. You can still speak hope to turn them to a different destination. Come on, we were in life conference with Dr. Michael Maiden, a phenomenal man of God. And he spoke about how his son was on drugs for years and he just didn't see a way out of it. And God told him, all right, I want you to start to change how you're declaring, what you're praying over your son, how you speaking about him. So he changed it to words of life, prophesying his future. And he said, within seven weeks, everything had changed. And he's now a pastor. Come on, what are we speaking over our kids' lives? What are we, what future are we prophesying into them even when they've been flipping annoying and everything in you is not feeling what you wanna speak? Speak life. Come on, this is not you, how you're behaving right now. You know, in the middle of intensity, you can say stuff to your kids that can damage them. Come on, why are you being like that, you idiot? Or In those moments, we've got to choose. And I'm not going to speak like that. I'm going to speak life. Come on, this isn't you. Come on, pick up the game, buddy. Come on, you're a leader. You're not a follower. Come on, you're somebody to bring hope, to bring life. Come on, you're not this person. How are we speaking to our kids? Proverbs 16 verse 24 says, Gracious words are like honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And isn't it so true? Someone encourages you and you're like, yeah, I can do this. Like you just, your whole body feels good. And it's just what words do to us. So very quickly, I wanna just look at what words do. The first thing is our words create. God used words to create. He could have waved His hands, thought a thought, and the world was created, but He spoke. There was something about the power of words to create. And it's the same. He gives us that same power to create with our words. You know, that psychologists have found that even when we don't register it, our subconscious mind interprets what it hears and it takes information very literally. I've got a bit of a uh, thing to show you on screen. Look at that picture. So that's our subconscious mind, which is 90% of our mind. It hears everything, records everything, always alert. It controls 95% in our life and it takes everything literally. So everything that is around us, it is taking in and it shapes our reality. So when we speak out words, our mind is registering that and it's taking it as reality. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and a hearing comes by the Word of God. Come on, what are we surrounding ourselves with? Because our brain is taking that and turning it into reality. We're gonna surround ourselves with the Word of God because that's what creates our reality. That's why I love it. Um, Ezekiel says, dry bones, when he prophesied, he said, hear the Word of the Lord. Not hear my words, hear the Word of the Lord. Speak out the Word of the Lord. Not the words that I'm thinking, feeling right now, but speak out the Word of the Lord. That's why Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building up. It's because our words create. Every time we say something, it creates. Mom, what are creating? Come on, how powerful is that diagram? I love when psychology like lines up with the Word of God. 90% of our brain is taking that in and creating a reality out of it. The second thing our words do is our words nourish. Proverbs 15 verse four says, gentle words bring life and health, but a deceitful tongue, it crushes the spirit. Come on, negativity, it crushes us. But words of life, it nourishes us. And imagine if I got up here and I was like all doom and gloom. 
You know, like life is just really tough right now. It would affect the atmosphere. But that's why church is always a place full of life, full of hope, declaring God's truth because it nourishes us. It creates an atmosphere where God is able to move, where we're able to flourish and grow. You know, Earth is the only planet in the solar system known to have life. And the main reason is because of our atmosphere. The Earth's atmosphere allows growth. You know, the atmosphere around your life creates room for growth. And our words set atmosphere. What atmosphere are we creating in our world? What atmosphere are we creating in our homes? What atmosphere are we creating in our workplaces? Come on, God calls us to be the head, not the tail. You may be like, well, I'm in a hard workplace. No, you're called to be the head, not the tail. You're called to change things. You can change the atmosphere with your words. What words are we saying to encourage those around us? What words are we saying when others aren't around? Behind closed doors, because it still creates an atmosphere. That's why you can talk negatively about somebody and then, you know, see them and there's an atmosphere still around that. There's power in our words. Make sure we create a healthy atmosphere. It's the words that we say about ourselves that matter. Proverbs 11 verse 17 says, Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. Come on, some of our own self-talk. It's destroying your soul. Stop being so critical of yourself. Stop allowing that self-doubt to be the dominant voice. That voice from the past to keep having its way. Come on, get other voices, get the Word of God around you, embrace God's truth and allow it to change you from the inside out. Stop embracing that critical voice. And it's also the words that we choose to hold back because of the damage that they Oh, we're, we're back on. It's the words that we choose to hold back. It was funny last night. What was that? Craig and the kids had gone out to get me a Mother's Day gift yeah. and we... Oh, should I be changing microphones? We, we sat around the table and had some time together and they... Uh, gave me their gift and and Zion, it was all packaged up. And Zion was like, here you go, Mum. Um, I want you to feel it before you open it. You try and guess what it is. So he brought it out of the package and I saw it. And I'm like, oh gosh, I hope that's not what I think it is. And, and I felt it. And it was this frying pan. <laughs> and I had, I had this moment of, wow, a frying pan. And see, I'm, I don't love cooking. I'm not a domestic goddess at all when it comes to cooking. And so I'm like, of all the gifts, I would not have chosen a frying pan. I can think of thousands of other gifts that I would have before a frying pan. And in my head, I'm thinking, why, babe? Why? But as, as Zana, he must have seen my face. And he was like, oh, Mum, you don't like it. And I'm like, I had a decision to make. Like I had to get over the words that I wanted to say, that wanted to come out of my mouth. And I had to choose to present other words instead. No, no, mate, I love it. And yes, I was speaking faith, what I didn't believe, but I love it because I'm not gonna crush his little spirit. I may crush his dad later, but I'm not gonna crush. (laughs) I'm not gonna crush his spirit because there's power in my words. There's also power in what we choose to hold back. 
having that time where I'm not going to react emotionally right now. I'm going to step back. And all the men said, good. Hey, why don't we welcome our panellists up today. I'm going to ask Adrian, Brendan and uh, Kirst and Joelle as well. Why don't you give them a big round round of applause as they come on up. So cool. So I thought, yeah, just wherever, guys. I thought today it would be awesome just to talk about this topic a little bit more of the power of our words and speaking life. And I thought it would be awesome to get some guys up here as well because I think it's great for guys to have a moment to honour women as well because I think we live in a world today where uh, it can almost be like we're tearing each other down. And I think it's really powerful to hear from both sides, from both genders about the impact um, that, that women have. And so I thought it'd just be awesome um, maybe just to introduce yourselves quickly, but then also just to talk about maybe something that your mum always spoke over your life that still today shapes who you are. So, um, Brendan, why don't you start us off? <coughs> awesome. Great to be here. Um, yeah, my name's Brendan. Been at Life now for about 10 years. i uh, got a beautiful wife uh, and three kids, so it's an amazing Mother's Day to celebrate. Uh, for me... Thinking about this question, it really did come back to Proverbs 31 that has been talked about this morning. And my mum was definitely someone that feared God, and I'm so grateful for that. And she also had uh, just a great gratitude as well, just in everything that we went through every season growing up. She's had this amazing gratitude. And I just wanted to take a moment, and Pastor Nardi's already talked about this, but it's so important that I understand. And when I was praying this morning, I know there's so many people that maybe haven't had that relationship with their mother, they've lost their mother, or they've got a broken relationship. And I just want to echo, God loves you so much. And God can change anything around. So I just encourage you, we've got a prayer team after the service. I'd love to pray for you. And I just understand, I'm just so grateful. And I think that's something that my mum gave me, um, obviously, that what I've got, and I acknowledge that. So just, uh, yeah, that's an amazing thing. Uh, But I guess the the main thing really, so simple, but uh, she loved me. And that was through both physical and um, verbal confirmation. So three quick stories to mix it up, um, just because I remember them. Um, I, you could say I was probably a bit of a soft child, uh, but that's okay when I go through the three stories. But one, I was bullied a fair bit at school. Um, I'd come home crying, and I just remember mum on the end of the bed just saying, no, nah, doesn't matter what they say, I love you, we believe in you. And it was amazing how much that brought it up. Uh, and I'll just cut it short, one other one, but I also had bad acne. Um, in school, believe it or not. So in year nine and 10, it just, it was a bad thing. And once again, I just remember mum doing whatever she could just to help me. We tried so many different products. It's amazing the things you remember uh, when I was recalling this. And she was once again, just always there, just come come on, Brendan. It doesn't matter what your appearance looks like. You know, I love you and that's all that matters. And that's basically the person of who I am today based on what uh, mum sewed into me as a child. How awesome is that? I love that because we all know you, Brendan, as a really confident guy, own your own business. You, you are an incredible encourager as well. So many people would testify to that. And you would never know that that was your past. And I'm sure for your mum in those moments was like, oh my gosh, is he going to get through this? And I think it's times like it's so encouraging for us as mums to hear. Like someone Just goes small through. things, it really is. Yeah, amazing. So awesome. So great. I'm Joelle and... Um I've been at life for the past eight, I think it's coming to eight years, seven to eight years. And um, I think holy water is about to come down on me because it's actually her birthday today. 
And it's also Mother's Day. Um, so my mum passed only about six years. It's, I say only because it feels like yesterday. And so she was a woman, um, typical African women, they just say it like, the, like it is. They do not care what you think or say. They just, it just comes out like, you know, like drain a flood, like in a flood. So mum had a tendency of always just speaking life. She spoke life uh, to us. She spoke life to me. She had 13 children. And so you can imagine that she didn't take any BS from anyone. She just said it for what it was. But at the same time also spoke life. You know, she always, um, I, I remember standing at, and doing her eology where I said, mum and scripture are just synonymous. You can't separate. You don't know when she's using her words and then the next minute you, you're thinking, Is that, was that scripture or was that you? <laughs> so she consistently just spoke life over her life. And one of the things that stands out for me I remember was um, always took me aside to say the call of God's on your life. And because of that, there are certain things you will not and cannot do. <laughs> and, and it was, for me, I kept walking away going, what did she mean by that? And so I had to consistently, and she would leave, she was one of those that would just leave something for you to then go and just uncover and scripture and search scripture to find that. And so I loved her because she always, <laughs> I remember Christmas time for her was always an opportunity to, we would write a list of what we wanted and put it on the, on the table and go to bed because we believed that Santa Claus were coming through the chimney and I hope there's no child, children here listening to this. Until one day I picked in the middle of five o'clock in the morning, I turned my head and I saw her was putting things underneath, um, stuffing it underneath my mattress only to realize that that was Santa. And from that day on, I grew up understanding Mama. And we had a conversation about that. And in that conversation, she brought again God into the picture. And she spoke life about the importance of, of saying that, let it go. I remember words like, let it go, forgive, pray. Um, don't worry about that. Have faith. Believe in God. Look to God. Were some of the words that I always remember Mum saying. So cool. So awesome. Well, it's a really special morning to be here as my first um, day as a mum on Mother's Day. <laughs> Very surreal. So I have um, a 10-month-old boy called Miles, um, who's an amazing blessing, a great husband called Jace. And I've been part of the Life family here for three years. And such a special day to stop and think about the investment of the women in our lives into us. It's incredible. Like from the start, it all starts with a big sacrifice to birth us into the world. And, and then we have women who speak potential into us, which is just incredible. So hopefully mum is watching online as well from Sydney. So um, yeah, a big love to you, mum. Um, yeah, it was, it was really special to start this week and think about the investment of mum into my world and Brendan I had some similar experiences to you finding school really hard and isolating at times and feeling quite quite low on the friend department um, and I remember mum being so deliberate about speaking words of life over me about the faithfulness of God about the goodness of God and I remember her saying things as simple as God is your friend God is with you and I love you and those words carry you they absolutely carry you through those moments so I stopped um, yesterday and I went looking for these notes in a box and I have them in our house. And these are notes that mum wrote me when I was in primary school and she used to stick them into our lunch boxes. 
and they cover a whole range of things as a mum would think to do, like whether I was getting picked up from school that day um, or catching the bus, but also speaking God potential into my life. And I'm looking at some of this and I'm like, I don't remember being like that as a kid, but saying things like being, being a kingdom thinker and I'm imitating Christ and being someone who'd be an instrument of God. And I'm like, that's incredible to have had that spoken into me at that age. And I think that that's what we can do for each other. And, and when I thought about it, um, what it means to be a mum, we can boil it down to biology. But also I thought about the verb, the doing of what it means to mother, and that's to bring out the potential in someone. It's to raise someone. It's to lift someone up. We can all do that for each other. And a verse came to me when I was thinking about my mum in Proverbs I think it's Proverbs 14, and it says that a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman tears down her house. Wow. So we've all got that power, we've got creative power with our words. And so I'm really grateful for some of the intentional things that my mum did to speak into my life. Things that took a while to believe. Um, you look at your life sometimes and you think this doesn't feel true, it doesn't add up, like a kid that stutters and is having trouble in school and going, yeah, no, this is who I'm becoming. And you do start to believe it. You let the word soak in, like you said, Pastor Nadia. Yeah. Amazing, Kirstie. Uh, Adrian's my name. A few of you have met me before, but I'm married to the lovely Jasmine. And uh, everyone seems to say, oh, you're Adrian, Jasmine's husband. So I'm real. I am alive. Um, I've been coming to here for life, well, I think I walked first into our church, which is now life, uh, in 2003 in March. So I think this is 18 years, which is pretty awesome. And, um, you know, uh, without any surprise to some, I was probably quite the energetic and um, uh, that child, I was that child. Um, but my mum never gave up on us. Um, you know, she was a typical European mama, Mama Lucia. And um, mum, you know, she did everything, you know, dropped us off, picked us up from school and did the rounds, did our homework with us, made us lunches, dinner, and still went to work full time every single day. And, um, you know, but one thing <clears throat> I remember with mum is that she would always encourage us to believe for anything. So um, sometimes I look at um, probably I say, you know, some, something, some strengths I have probably around tenacity and, and resilience and I would say that's completely attributed to my mum uh, because she never stopped pushing through, never gave up, never turned back, there was always forward and, uh, and so she continued to encourage us all the time um, and even to this day, like I can still call mum and I'm in the IT industry, so, you know, most of it doesn't make sense to most people, sometimes even myself. But I can pick up the phone and talk to my mum for 30, 40 minutes straight about the most complicated issues. And whether she understands it or not, she makes me feel like I'm understood. And by the end of the phone call, I reckon I could just take on the world um, just because she's constantly encouraging me all the time. So she's just, yeah, she's special, she's empowering, and uh, she's always done that with everything that we've done. So, so awesome. I love that. So um, it'd be great to hear from a few of you on how, how do you continue to speak life even when emotionally you want to do something else? Because I think that's the biggest thing. Like we, we all want to be encouragers and want to be champions of people, but it's so easy in the heat of a moment to let event, like emotions vent. Um, and when we do that often, you can end up saying stuff that you regret. So maybe just a few of us, if you just want to... Adrian, you're because, first, Yeah, because Good. I'm the hot-blooded Italian. Um, <laughs> so 
fortunately, Jasmine keeps me calm. But, you know, we, like you shared that scripture, Proverbs 14 before, you know, about the wise woman uh, building up her house, but, you know, the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. We take that metaphorically across our household, you know. Um, we try to, you know, where possible, like our, our kids are amazing. I think about my eldest son, you know, Judy, he's just so caring, loving, encouraging. But man, when it comes to the end of the day, sometimes you just want to, you know. And, um, and so we've got to see him for who he is, not who he's acting like right now. And, uh, and keep drawing that out of him and constantly speak life into him. So redirect him and say, come on, mate. You know, this is, this is not who you are. You know you've called for purpose. You've got influence on your life. Don't sell yourself short. This is your moment. Come on, step up. Your brothers are looking at you. You know, you can be an example. They love you. They look up to you. They think you're the most amazing guy in the world. Don't, don't sell yourself short. And so, yeah, so it's those moments. But, you know, honestly, on the inside, I want to, you know, give them a little tap. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think it's just a con- conscious decision in that moment. I think it's also conscious in, in terms of, for me, I usually um, think of the scripture that says, don't grow weary in doing good, for in juices, season your you rip. So the weariness of some time, even though it talks about weariness, is a consistency of doing things and getting, becoming weary. But it can also mean consistency in how we feel emotionally and how what's happening. So for me, I find a lot of the times uh, it's, it's, I have to stop and do that checkmate. Are you wanting to say that or do you want to wait when you're ready to say that? So I find it's for me sometimes it's an opportunity to just wait, wait a little. Particularly with text, I think text is most of the worst place to have conversation that is deep and meaningful. I try to avoid it as best as I can. And so what normally I try to do, the person, especially if I know that they're down, is actually to pick up the phone and have that conversation or to find an opportunity for coffee or a place where you're having that intimate conversation as opposed to looking at just very... Because we can very quickly just think, oh, it's a text, they'll get it. But we don't know what state they're in. And we don't know what what may have happened and why they're responding, where they're responding. So a lot of the time, I find for me it's an opportunity to just stop and reassess, do the checkmate, and then go from there. Yeah. So awesome. Amazing, Joelle. Maybe just for Kirsty and Brendan, um, if you were just able to share, maybe not just your mum, but other people that have really shaped your life with their words, you know, um, to give us a few examples would be awesome. Yeah, I was thinking back to a couple of my leaders in the early days of kind of being in youth and I found actually a prophecy when I was looking through this same box which had a bunch of gems in it, which was cool. And just a beautiful prophecy for a 10-year-old girl and just kind of spoke out into the potential of um, how God saw me, which was amazing. And I think reading that prophecy back and thinking about the example of how this leader lived, it really inspired me well into my adult life, like as a 10-year-old thinking about what kind of woman I wanted to become and what kind of family I wanted to have in the future. Um, so I think that's just, that's just incredible um, that we're able to plant seeds that people could need in 10 years' time or five years' time in a moment. And I think that that's what a leader can do. They can plant something and be like, I don't need to see this through. I'm just, I'm just going to sow this faithfully and um, and, and just be like, someone else is going to get to um, sit under the shade of that tree and I'm happy just to plant it. I think that's, yeah, amazing. So powerful. Amazing. Yeah, and I think for me, once again, you just got to keep it really simple when it comes to 
words of life. It's not like, you know, a Martin Luther King speech or anything that you need to be prepping up for each day, but it's just the little things. And, and two quick ones for me. One, my grandma, uh, who's no longer with us, but I remember as a kid just climbing into her bed uh, in the early morning and she would always just start off her day just with a devotional, you know, reading the word. Uh, and we'll just pray together and, you know, just really kingdom first and, you know, the, the fruit of that's amazing. And then just a really practical one similar to uh, what's been shared, but even just two weeks ago, uh, a lot happening at the moment, obviously, through my business, through Ange launching her business, uh, through birthday parties and many things happening. And I was feeling quite overwhelmed and I received a phone call from uh, an amazing friend, uh, a lady in the church uh, that will remain nameless. She knows who she is. We love her very much. But yeah, she just had a, a word for me, a word of encouragement, a word of prophecy, just four minutes on the phone. Brendan, I'm just sensing this for you. You've got this, you know, this season, you've got it. You, you, you know, you, you can do it. And that just changed my whole trajectory and it still has um, over these next few weeks as well for what I'm stepping into. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's just those simple, practical words and what they can do. Amazing, Brendan. And, you know, just going back to the text that we started with, it was amazing how much our words can intervene in the middle of a situation, can bring that turnaround like Abigail did. And I think we can all be those people that bring intervention with the words that we speak, the words that we declare and I think one um, amazing memory I have with my mum is I remember going through a really hard time at school and um, one friend in particular um, being a bit of a bully and she was phoning me one day, one afternoon and just getting at me on the phone about, you know, I think it was spending time with another friend and not her. And I remember my mum seeing me just crying on the phone and grabbing the phone off me and just giving an earful to this other girl and just telling her to leave me alone. And I remember that sense of just absolute relief because my mum was intervening for me. And I just love that we have a God that does exactly the same in our lives. He's the God that intervenes, that whatever we're facing, He wants to be the one to stand in the gap for us. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us because Jesus literally stood in the gap, took our wrongs, took our sins, died on that cross, then rose again so that we would be victorious when we come to Him, acknowledge our wrongs and say, God, I need You. And the truth is we all need a God to intervene for us. We all need a God to stand in the gap. And I just, I love what Romans says. It says, all that cry out to me, all that call on the Name of the Lord will be saved. And if you're here this morning and you may have come with a friend today, with another family member, and you're not in this place yet where you've accepted God to be your Lord, where you've said, you know what, God, I need you part of my life. Then right in this service right now, we can do a prayer together. And that prayer just acknowledges your need of Him. And it invites God to be part of your personal day to day. You're not saying you're joining up to a church. You're just saying, I wanna open my heart to you right now, God, to do life with you. To say that I can't do life on my own anymore and I need a Saviour. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask every person to close their eyes and bow their heads to give people a private moment with Jesus right now. And for all those online, I'd love you to take this moment <clears throat> as well. And I just want you to investigate your heart and ask yourself that question, are you personally walking with Jesus today? Do you know Him as your personal Lord? Because He desperately loves you and He desperately wants to intervene on your behalf, but He's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for the invitation from you. 
And so if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I wanna open up my life to Jesus. I wanna open, acknowledge that He is my Lord. Then just right where you're seated, why don't you lift your hand to heaven and say, hey, that's me today. I know that's me. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything more than just put up your hand right where you're seated, saying, hey, I wanna acknowledge Jesus right now, that He would come in my life, be my God, be my Saviour, be my Lord. Who is there today? You say, hey, that's me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. And for those that raised your hands or if you didn't raise your hand, this prayer is for you. Why don't you repeat it? Jesus, I ask you into my life. I ask you to be my God, to be my Lord. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I want a new start in you. I want, to know, I want to get to know You as my Saviour, as my Lord and as my friend. I want to know Your love, Your peace and Your joy. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. So awesome. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.